I'm John Moe. This week on Wits, we're joined by comedian and actor David Cross of Arrested Development fame, who bones up on his math skills with Tom Waits. What's that in the corner? Is that the ghost of your mother? And what is X equal? X equals the square root of four. Nice work. Janie, I feel the math taking control of me. Oh, my nose is bleeding. That means it's working. We look at a zombie apocalypse from the point of view of some hopeful zombies. If I can reach them, this wouldn't be an apocalypse. It would be an apocalopaternity. And we get music from Harmar Superstar. I got a restless leg, a restless heart, a restless hair in the tunic part, restless soul, a restless heart, so I must keep on moving. Restless eyes, I need to drive. It's all on wits, and it's coming right up. From APM, American Public Media, and Minnesota Public Radio, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. Coming to you from the Fitzgerald Theater in downtown St. Paul, One Direction, the British boy band, was going to be on TV the other night, and I told my daughter about it. She's 11. I thought we could watch it together, kind of have a moment. Dad, she said, condescension dripping from her voice, I'm not into One Direction anymore. Adding, maybe you could watch it by yourself. So I did. It was great. Took me back to my own days in a boy band back in the 80s. See, when you grow up in the suburbs like I did, it can be rough out on those mean streets, mean cul-de-sacs. If you wanted to survive, you rounded up a crew of precisely five guys for safety, security, and choreography. You gotta follow strict rules. There has to be a, a really cute one, a not as cute one, a bad boy, a shy one, and the one who's just not as good as the other ones. <laughs> I think you know which one I was. <laughs> and my boy band wasn't alone. By the mid 80s, 72% of American males were in boy bands. <laughs> and we stood for something too. Like letting girls know they were special and that love is for real, and letting other girls know they also were special. We wore members-only jackets to show that we were members of boy bands. That's where those jackets come from. Our power spread. Boy band members got elected to a third of the seats in the U.S. Congress. A 19-year-old baritone was CEO of Chrysler briefly. But it didn't last. No matter how sweetly we sang, some girls refused to believe that they were special and that we believed they were special deep in our hearts. Those stupid girls ruined it for everybody. In 1988, boy band member Gary Hart, a sort of proto-Timberlake, failed in his bid for the presidency. Soon after, boy bander Kurt Cobain, who had some sick dance moves, dropped his acid wash denim jacket for a dirty flannel shirt. Oh, sure, some bands like New Kids on the Block tried to hang tough. But America's era of boy band supremacy had ended. Today, as One Direction shows, we have to import our boy bands from other countries. The pride is gone. 
I still miss those days. Maybe I'll get that old members-only jacket out and show it to my daughter. Tell her how special she is. <laughs> we got a great show. Oh, yes. Our house music combo, John Munson and the Witnesses are here. Singing sensation Harmar Superstar is here as well. And comedian, actor, author, and director David Cross. David Cross, welcome to Wits. Thank you. Thank you for. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me in your nice theater? town. <laughs> no, no, not, not just the theater. Just the entire the whole town. township of well, St. Paul. Well, thank you. It is yeah. a lovely township. You, uh, in addition to all the... You're very friendly here. I know. Like, it's almost... It's, uh, it's slightly off-putting. It can, be, it can be jarring because you think that maybe they're making fun of you? It's... I, I gotta be honest, though, it's very infectious in a good way. It, it makes every bit of uh, cynicism or any kind of guard just melt immediately like it does not anywhere else. Really? You know? Yeah. It's like, the, it's like the South without the racism. Do we have anybody from the St. Paul Visitors Bureau who can investigate that as a possible tourist slogan? Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you... I think, wait, I think based on the uh, weather here, yeah. I think the, t the tourist slogan should be, St. Paul, there's usually a better time to show up. St. <laughs> Paul, I wish you could have been here a few months yes. ago. Right. <laughs> Um, I, saw, I saw that in addition to all the, the acting and comedy, you have a movie out that you have directed, a movie called Hits. What's the movie about? It's a, you know, indie movie. Uh, takes place in a small town in upstate New York uh, and a bunch of people who uh, either want to be famous uh, and can't get famous or don't want to be famous and get famous and how, that, how they react to that situation. Is this the first movie you've directed? Yes. What was the best part about doing it? Um, I think the best part of it was, and I'm not trying to be funny, was, was uh, that I could get up and go to work and I didn't have to sit through hair and makeup and I didn't have to learn lines. Also, I could wear T-shirts. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to wear silly, I didn't have to wear body paint or uncomfortable clothing or anything that was Cut hot. Off I didn't have to get yeah. wired for sound or sit through hair and makeup. It was awesome. It was just great. <laughs> have a cup of coffee, everybody's already, you know, they've been there for an hour going through hair and makeup, and I've rolled it. Hey guys, who's going, ready to shoot? It was fun. We're talking to David Cross, this is Wits, I'm John Moe. Uh, now I'm gonna say two words that are gonna make a lot of people happy. Arrested Development. Um, I, I find a lot to admire in the character of Tobias, uh, which he played on that show. He just goes for it. Like, he, he believes in himself and goes for it. Well, How he's deluded. He's, well, he's wildly... Deluded. <laughs> he goes for it within the reality that only he inhabits. Right. Um, how, how do you feel about that character? Uh, I mean, as a character to play, it's uh, one of the greatest gifts I've ever received, and it's such a treat in working with those people. As a person... Uh, <laughs> If you were to meet Tobias on the street. Oh my God, I'd be making fun of him before we even parted ways. I would be on the phone with my wife going, you have no, you've got, I'm just gonna put this on speaker and you have to listen to this guy. 
Uh, no, you, he's a fool. Did you have a hand in how the character was developed over the course of the different seasons? On, on paper, in the pilot script, there wasn't a whole lot. He was supposed to be uh, originally just a reoccurring character. And uh, they had sent me the script to read for, to look at Buster. And, uh, and I, and even Job, they were like, they were having trouble casting Job. And I didn't get the Job character at all. It didn't, uh, I didn't get it. But um, Tobias immediately, I got it. I knew exactly who that guy was. What was it about Tobias you understood right away? I, I don't know what it, it was. Uh, I just knew, first of all, I said I wanted a mustache, and that was a big battle with Fox. That's this whole other story that we don't, can't go in, we don't have the time. It was insane. The, this, we, had, we battled over the size. It was, it was just insipid, a, a monumental waste of time. Uh, and I, I saw this guy immediately as half uh, kind of a Dick Cavett, Upper East Side, New York, third generation, intellectual, turtleneck wearing, <laughs> you know, the kind of guy, if you, if you if you know the character that inhabits that New York clique of the people when you go to an art house film and somebody will say something that's not very funny in the film, but it's supposed to be funny, but it's just a reference where it's like, well, I suppose Kierkegaard would have another idea about that. And then people in the audience go, mm. <laughs> So it's that kind of like, what are you laughing at? It's not even funny. It's just a reference. And it's half that guy and then half a uh, West Coast, Marin, Northern California, kind of touchy-feely, wears this kind of sweater. Uh, uh, and Cable net sweater radio audience. Yeah, but also with this thing. With oh, the, with the collar. Yeah. Yes. Um, and also this thing. Oh, yeah, a these. pocket. Yeah. Just pointing to a pocket. <laughs> But, you know, it's that guy, the kind of touchy-feely, uh, just pseudo-spiritual... You were just dialed into that. Yeah, I knew it was like a combo of that, and I, I knew exactly what he looked like. It was weird. It really, really jumped out at me, because they, they weren't interested in having me look at that at all. And I was yeah. like, please, let me do this guy. I've, I know I've exactly who he is. got who he is. Um, and then finally, I, you've, been, um, you've been really honest in some interviews about some of the movies that you did really just to pick up the check. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And I think a lot of actors probably do that a lot. Like, I, I'll often watch a movie with my wife. And not the honesty part. Well, not the honesty part, no. But I'll watch a movie with my wife, and we'll talk about how we wish the closing credits was just actors lining up to pick up their checks and get <laughs> yes. in their cars and maybe stop at the bank on the way home. Um, that is how it works. We all go outside of a kiosk. <laughs> there's a ki- there's a window. Hollywood Boulevard and just line up. And then, and, you know, yeah, then you go into the bank. Hey, there's Tom Cruise. I thought yeah. he'd have a guy do that, but <laughs> no. Oh, what do you know? He's a regular guy. He's got to wait in line. That's Hollywood. I-, I would say that doing Alvin and the Chipmunks was less about a paycheck and more about... I had not worked in six months when that job came along, and that is a... That's the longest I've ever gone without working, and it's, uh, it, you, it really messes with your head. And, and you start doubting whether you'll ever work again. The first couple months, you don't think about it. Third month rolls around, like, hey, I'm not getting any work, calling your manager, what's going on? Fourth month, it's getting a little more panicky. Fifth month, by, this, by half a year, that's really why I took that role. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I had no idea I was going to get the backlash that that came. I, I just didn't. 
I wasn't prepared. I didn't think about it. I, I thought, oh, people are going to make fun of me. But I didn't think there would be, like, visceral hatred. Oh, um, I know lots of children who enjoy it very Oh, no, no. I, I, that, that, has, that has been, uh, uh, honestly, that has been the mitigating factor of, of everything. Uh, and I, I travel around the world, and I have people uh, coming up to me, and kids, or now they're a little older, and they know the chipmunks, and they loved it. Yeah. And parents who say, you know, I had to watch that thing 12 times, <laughs> right. but thank God you were in it because you actually made it fun for me to watch. David Cross, everybody. Right. Our music guest this week is a singer and songwriter who just has so much soul, you guys. His latest album is Bye Bye 17, and I have listened to that thing so many times. Please enjoy Harmar Superstar. Thank you. 
Armar Superstar with John Munson and the witnesses. In our horn section this week, Chris Thompson on sax, Stephen Kung on trumpet, Matt Darling on trombone. More with Harmar superstar and comedian and actor David Cross in just a moment. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with singer Harmar Superstar and comedian and actor David Cross. David, what are you doing with your nose in a book? We're in the middle of a show. Oh, hi, Janie. I'm just trying to figure out this math. It's so hard. Oh, see, in Hollywood, they don't let you make movies unless you pass periodic math exams. It's a union thing. Um, anyway, my exam is next week, and I'm just... I'm not getting this stuff. David... I used to be bad at math, too, until I found the Tom Waits Does Math series of cassettes. <laughs> cassettes? How the hell am I supposed to listen to a cassette? Who listens to a... What am I have to go get? Ow, you're shoving those earbuds into my head. Hello. I'm Tom Waits. I know your heartache. Math can be as bitter as old Rhonda. The good time girl whose good times turned bad. She's drinking bourbon at the end of the bar. Be a good fella and buy her a deviled egg. Why does he sound like he's chewing gravel? Because he is. Math gravel. Story problem. There's an old man in a dark laboratory. He has three monkeys. Two of them speak Mandarin. The other has a knife. What time does the train from Purgatory pull into the station? Six? Nice job. Oh, how did I know that? Janie, my brain feels funny, but good funny, smart funny. That's because Tom Waits entered through your cerebellum. He's actually in all of our brains. We just have to welcome him. Is this legal? <laughs> okay. Can we continue, David? I'm ready, Mr. Waits. You're playing Pinochle with Troubles the Clown. After the bus to East St. Louis leaves, you realize you've been set up. What's that in the corner? Is that the ghost of your mother? And what is X equal? X equals the square root of four. Nice work. Janie, I feel the math taking control of me. Oh, my nose is bleeding. That means it's working! Final question. Naomi lives in a small town in New Mexico that most maps don't bother listing. 
She has a sort of dogleg melancholy and a box of Virginia Slims. If one leg of a right triangle equals six and the other equals cancer, what is the hypotenuse of this triangle? It doesn't have one, only broken dreams. Correct. End of tape one. Janie, I want to thank you for your help. I'll pass this test for sure. Tom Waits does math, brand audio cassettes. Buy them, Gloria. Buy them, Gloria. Here with more music, Harmar Superstar.
champion. I'm our superstar with John Munson and the witnesses. I'm our superstar, welcome to Wits. Hey guys. I love this show. Oh, we love having you. Um, who is Harmar Superstar, and how is he different from Sean Tillman, who uh, is a name that people also know you by? Okay. Uh, well, it kind of used to be more of a fantastic, like, alter ego sort of thing uh, to get away with just the ridiculous things that I would do on stage. Such as? I don't just, every, you know, sprinkling various body hair on the crowd and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, just making out with people, sort of rolling around, getting in my underwear. I just all that kind of, you know, you know what you do in your 20s, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know those things we all do in our 20s. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, now it's just sort of like merged into like kind of the same person because uh, I actually just have the confidence to pull it off at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, So what used to be campy is now just sincerity. Real. It's just the real thing. <laughs> uh, how long did that take to arrive at that point? Uh, it, it took a good solid 10 years. Yeah. Trial and error, you know. Uh, <laughs> for people listening around the country, tell us where the name Harmar Superstar came from. Well, Harmar. <laughs> Sean is from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. Uh, it's the name of a, a mall here in uh, Roseville, Minnesota. Harmar Mall. Uh, I was working with my dad, like, um, proofreading legal papers for the State Board of Education one summer. And uh, the offices were across the street from Harmar, so I'd go on my lunch breaks and hang out at, like, the food court and write songs about people passing by to sort of to amuse myself. And when it became real, I just sort of was like, well, Harmar is catchy, rolls off the tongue. I had a superstar that all rhymes, check. <laughs> So, so you were the secret rock star of Harmar Mall. Yeah, I wanted to like originally do shows there, like with you know, like a battery pack, like speaker on my, you know, and it's like accost people in the hall, you know, in the aisles and things. Yeah, the record Bye Bye Seventeen, such a good record. Um, how is that approach different from from the approaches you've taken in the past? Um, well, for other Harmar records, I always like worked on based on beats people would give me or I'd make with people, but uh, this time I just sat down with a guitar kind of wrote everything from scratch and kind of focused on my voice and the breakup and where I could take it. And, like, I always knew I could do it, but I think it took me till this point in my life to have the life experience to, like, sing about the subject matter that goes with, with those songs. The you know? love, the heartbreak. Yeah, just, like, living life and having, like, the ups and downs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Harmar Superstar, everybody. Pop song correspondences. A letter to Lord from the first baseman on the single A Burlington Bees baseball team. Dear Miss Lord, I understand you're the one the team hired to write a song to introduce players to the fans so they could root for us and support us. Well, us players aren't happy with the song as we heard it played at our home games. For instance, even though we're a minor league team, we do know our way around a baseball diamond. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. And it's hard to get support when you make it sound like we hate living in Burlington. And I'm not proud of my address. In the torn up town, no postcode envy. Now, look, 
Burlington, Iowa sucks, but you don't have to come out and say it. We also wish you hadn't drawn attention to the behavior of our squad. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom, bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room, we don't care. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams. Lord, that was just one night that the whole team put on ball gowns and stole a goose and trashed our hotel rooms and tripped in the bathrooms and got bloodstains everywhere and passed out and had dreams of Cadillacs. It's not every night. Now look, Lord, the big problem with the song is that we're the single A affiliate for the Kansas City Royals. All of us want to make the big league team and, and be Royals. That's our only goal. And your song is discouraging when it plays. And we'll never be royal. It's a running on the blood. That kind of luck's just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of buzz. No, that's the buzz we do crave. We want to be Kansas City Royals. And when you say we'll never be us Burlington Bees players, well, ma'am, we cry. And, and then you just make it worse. Let me be your ruler. Ooh. You can call me Queen Bee. Maybe I'll rule. Let me live that fantasy. Well, thanks to your song, other teams have started calling us the Burlington Queen Bees. Because you said they could. We want to be stingy bees, not egg-laying bees. Look, minor league ball is no picnic. The pay is crap, there's no job security, we're far from home. The only thing that keeps us going is that we might one day be rich, famous ball players. That's what we care about. But everybody's like Crystal, Maybach, diamonds on your timepiece, jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash, we don't care. We aren't caught up in your love affair. We want every one of those things you just described. <laughs> Or we did. Ever since your song came out, our guys have given up. We lose every game. Opposing players paint queen bees on our bus and we don't even stop them. We've lost hope. And we'll never be royal. Get the run in our blood. The kind of luck's just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of buzz. Let me be your Fantasy's over. We're all quitting the team to become junior high baseball coaches. Hope you're happy, you terrible teenage pop star. Lonnie O'Connor, first baseman. Follow-up letter one year later. Dear Miss Lord, I just heard your new song, We Will Never Be Any Good As Junior High Baseball Coaches. That was really mean. John Munson and the witnesses on that song. Jeannie Winterbauer as Lord. This pop song correspondence originally suggested by listener at C.K. Butterman of Austin, Texas on Twitter, listening to Wits on KUT.
Coming up, a look at the new Walking Dead spinoff and slam poetry versus R&B music in a battle to the death. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with comedian and actor David Cross and singer Harmar Superstar. <laughs> and David, I understand you have a new show coming out. I do. It's very exciting. <laughs> Everyone knows The Walking Dead, right? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm set to star in a spinoff of that show that tells the story from the zombies' point of view. Oh. Essentially, it's about the plagueies. Uh, that's the term the zombies use for themselves, trying to deal with the pretties. And the pretties would be the, the healthier characters yeah, on yeah. The, the series. Well, uh, I understand you brought a clip, so uh, let's check it out. again. Oh, man. We lost a lot of our people. Look at them all. Shot through the head. Stabbed through the head. Mark's head got lopped off with a machete. What is your problem, pretties? We were trying to make friends. You're hurting our feelings. I tell you, good-looking people think they can do anything. David, I, I respect you so much, but with hindsight, kind of have to question your idea that, that we all pop out from behind a wall when they least expect it. Because they, they did not like that at all. Yeah, I know. I, I don't get it. I mean, who doesn't love surprise parties? I just know if the pretty saw past the fleshy viscera and got to know us, then they'd see we aren't so different. Then we could be friends. Uh, I tried those clever conversation starter lines you gave us, David, but they just came out as moans and hisses. I, I forgot about our dialect. That was a miscalculation. I own that one. And when we get too close, I just want to bite them. And it makes them so mad. Hey, uh-uh. That's not our fault. That's the plague that wants to bite them, not us. Does anyone think it's weird that we eat people, but we never poop? Where does it go? Well... can't speak for everyone, but for me, it just falls out of this hole in my torso here. Oh. Here, watch. Give me that finger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. That. There it is. Gross. Oh, right. wow. Well, son of a gun. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, uh, hi, officer. We were uh, trying to reach out to the pretties and make friends, but uh, then most of us got our heads smashed in. Munson's over there. We're not, we're not sure if he's alive or dead. 
guys, we've been over this. Stay away from the pretties. They don't get that we have a virus. They think we're zombies. What are you talking about? What? What? No, I'm being serious. Just give up on the whole peacemaking thing. Officer, everybody, it would be easy to give up. God knows we don't come off as all that charming. I mean, my jaw's exposed and I've worn the same outfit for the last year. But (laughs) if I can reach them, this wouldn't be an apocalypse. It would be an apocalopaternity team. All right, well, just be careful, David. Well, I better shamble off. Got a call about trouble at the prison. Guys, maybe it's time to go back to our jobs, our homes, our schools, and then wait for a cure. You know, Janie, I don't want a cure. Before I had plague, I was always stressed out and late for something. Now I'm free. (laughs) I I still cut lawns compulsively, as we all do, but... (laughs) I'm happy. Yeah. I've learned so much by aimlessly shambling in the woods. I'm like a very messy Henry David Thoreau. Okay, I'm gonna say it. We are the majority. We should bite them all. Wouldn't we be better off if everyone was like us? Jimothy, that is totally racist. Seriously, what up, Hitler? You've all thought it. It's time to take up arms. Well, that was ironic. Anyone know how to reattach an arm? Oh, look, Munson's alive. Hey, Munson. Hey, I just got the best idea. Flash mob. Let's round up a couple hundred plaguies, then jump out at some pretties and become friends. They'll be impressed with our coordinated planning skills. And if they don't take it well? Hmm, small bites. Just enough to fill your tum, and then they'll join us. But what's taking so long? I'm starving. <laughs> Munson! Oh. Munson! <laughs> Munson! <laughs> All of us as characters who share our actual names, except Harmar Superstar as Jimothy. And now the Wits Game Show. This week's game, the slam poet versus the R&B singer. But who is who? David Cross, Harmar Superstar, I will give you each a subject. Harmar, you will sing us a song about the subject. As always, feel free to make it sexy. (laughs) David, you will take on the role of a slam poet and perform a slam poem uh, on this same subject. And before the start of any round, a contestant can opt to turn the tables. If this is called your roles switch, Harmar, you become the slam poet. David, you will put some sexy soul all over the Fitzgerald Theater. Are you ready? I I want to just say I have zero confidence in my ability. Excellent. (laughs) I know, I know. I will will award a winner after each round. As always, my decisions will be capricious and arbitrary. First up, we're going we're gonna to have Harmar start this one. First topic, breakups. Okay. Do you need help from the band? Yeah, let's, let's get the band going on this one. Oh, now wait a minute. <laughs> you can use the band as well, David. <laughs> I... 
I wouldn't pick up my mess, girl Never stop watching TV So you broke up with me Ooh But then I started getting more Around town that I couldn't see through <laughs> So I forgot about you I'm our superstar, everybody David Cross, if you please, a slam poem about breakups. Um, all right, I, I'm Do you need help from the band? <laughs> yeah, I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna help, actually, keep going. Yo, 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 you break up to make up? Time to wake up, there's a steak up in here. That steak is sizzling. Cause it's on the grill, but not the grill which I eat with. David Cross wins the round. Nice work. On to round two. I kinda wanna turn the tables. <laughs> right Just off the bat? Right uh, off the bat. Okay. David's got such an amazing silky For voice. round two, uh, uh, David, you'll start this round doing an R&B song on the subject of lost dogs. John Munson and the witnesses, you want to lay something down? Superstar, you've got your work cut out for you. Harmar Superstar, a slam poem, please, on the subject of lost dogs. Okay. I was making ants on a log, lost my dog, so I wrote a blog. <laughs> Why don't we jog to the mall? Everybody walking no more. What? <laughs> That's so easy. David Cross wins round two. David Cross with a point there. I'm our superstar. An R&B soul song, please, about rotisserie chicken. <laughs> you keep me spinning. Girl, you keep me spinning. spinning. You so rotisserie, my chicky, chicky, chicken. You glistening through the window, gonna eat you up, gonna eat you. You keep me spinning, 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 girl. I'm our 
superstar. David Cross, a slam poem, please. You skinless bird! You turn without a word, juices from within, then without. You don't pout, your head is chopped off. You don't cough again because of the chopped off head part that I've uh, aforementioned. You turn, you see 360 degrees, but do you see me eat you? I don't think you please. I'm tempted to kind of game this whole thing in order to make it more balanced, but that was clearly a David Cross win. Oh my God, I'm getting trounced. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's true. <laughs> David, you'll go first on this one, and feel free to turn the tables if you like. I don't feel comfortable turning the tables until I know the subject. Okay, well, let me give it to you. So now you can choose. I wouldn't, uh, there's no way I would have come up with uh, what uh, Sean did. On this, on this last chicken. one? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give it to Sean then instead of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do. Arbitrary. Hey, all the points go to charity, ladies and gentlemen. They really the they do. They help. They help poor children. Um, oh wait, I thought we were helping rich children. No. Oh, I'm not interested. The okay. poor get the so much help. <laughs> it's yeah. better. It's, Everything is about the poor for the right. poor. Like, let's get some rich kids in. Networking-wise, the rich children are a better investment. Um, <laughs> That's true. True. They yeah. know people. Yeah, it is true. You got to think long-term, people. Yeah. Point Gr to John Moe. Yeah. Hey, thank yeah. you. <laughs> all right. David Cross. All right, turn the tables. Turn the tables. <laughs> it all comes down to this. And David Cross is turning the tables. Harmar Superstar, you will go first, please, with a slam poem on the subject of Norwegian dancing. Uh, okay. Raise your fist to the Ludafisk. Move your ankles to the Norwegian dance style. What's up with your clogs, man? They're on my toes. Everybody knows you ain't got no style. All right. <laughs> David Cross, this is for the win. <laughs> Doing this for all the rich kids out there. This is R&B style, right? No? <laughs> is this just a world? All right. Ooh, you hearty white people <laughs> You shuffle like you're in a cardboard box <laughs> And you have a slight mild very particular The Wits Game Show is David Cross. Congratulations, David. And now the Wits Lightning Round, fast questions for young people on the go. David Cross, what is the last book you read? Uh, Inside Scientology. <laughs> it's true. Harmar, should I switch over to calling you Sean? Yes. 
David, who's better, you or Bob Odenkirk? Uh, Sean. <laughs> Sean, does Tom Jones get the credit he deserves? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> David, Bob Newhart or Dick Van Dyke, who wins in a fist fight? Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Sean, best day of your life? Oh, birth. Birth, I remember it well. David, funniest movie you've ever seen? Uh, uh, Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Sean, first song you ever wrote? Uh, it was about the Brady Bunch. I don't, it, didn't, it, was, it didn't have a title. It didn't have a title. <laughs> David, which state of the United States has the sexiest shape? Uh, oh, duh, Delaware. <laughs> Sean, babies, are they any good? <sighs> They're really bad at yard work. <laughs> David, worst night of stand-up of your life? Oh, that, uh, that was uh, the Apollo Theater uh, opening oh. up for The Strokes and Guided by Voices uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Sean, worst show you ever played? Uh, Oklahoma City opening for Incubus and when I got arrested. Oh my God! <laughs> you opened for Incubus? Oh, I got arrested wow. for public lewdness, so that was good. What? Who booked that? <laughs> I was down. I, I said yes. Did Incubus get arrested for being Incubus? <laughs> no. They didn't, they didn't go on stage, so they let me free from the, the, the jail cell within oh. the arena, so that was good. <laughs> So it wasn't even jail, it was arena jail? It was arena jail. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> okay, mega lightning round, yes or no answers only. Do you believe in the following? True love, David. Yes. Sean. Yes. God, David. No. Sean. No. Ghosts, David. Nope. Sean. Yes. Space aliens, David. Sure. Sean. No. <laughs> a good time can be had at Ikea on a Saturday afternoon. David. Yeah. Sean? Yes, meatballs. And that's the Wits Lightning <laughs> Round. <laughs> if you have a question for the Wits Lightning Round, go to witsradio.org slash lightning. Once again, Harmar Superstar. One place, no, no. 
Superstar, John Munson and the Witnesses. Want more Wits in your life? Go to witsradio.org and find out how you can see a Wits show in person. You can sign up for our newsletter there, get the latest about what our various Wits guests are up to, or tell us what you're up to on Twitter. Just tag us, we're at Wits. Thanks to our guests this week, David Cross and Harm, our superstar. Thanks also to broadcast engineers Corey Schreppel, Rob Byers, and Johnny Vince Evans, our coordinating producer Hans Buto, our interns Jillian Jacobs and Sam Siegel, and Fitzgerald Theater staff Tom Campbell, Mike Wangan, Aaron Cassio, Alan Freckman, and Dan Zimmerman. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker, Wendy Molyneux and Jeff Drake, and Mike Fotis. We're joined by music director John Munson and the witnesses Steve Rome, Joe Savage, Richard Medic, and Janie Winterbauer. With help this week from Stephen Kung, Chris Thompson, and Matt Darling. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. Wits was created by Tony Bull, senior producer Larissa Anderson, and me. I'm John Moe. Bye now.